Hello, everyone, and welcome to the saddest ever episode of Setting the Tone, an ER retrospective, the show where we do a chronological breakdown of every episode of our favorite TV medical drama. My name is Elizabeth, and with me today, as always, are Lauren. I have no soul. And Daniel. Hey! Today we're discussing Season 8, Episode 21, which is titled On the Beach. I don't wanna. The episode aired on May 9th, 2002. Lauren, what was going on that week 21 years ago? Uh, the company SpaceX is founded, one of known giant man-baby, Elon Musk's only decent contributions to this world. The company works closely with NASA to shuttle supplies and personnel to the International Space Station, as well as developing new rocket technologies. I say decent. It's not the greatest thing ever, but it's far from the worst thing he's ever done. Anyway, carry on. <laughs> and it's in the news uh, currently because he fucking pulverized a launch pad yep, in Florida because he... he's a dumbass. Yep. <sighs> Uh, Spider-Man, Sam Raimi's superhero mega-hit, and starring Tobey Maguire, ER alum Kristen Dunst, James Franco, Willem Dafoe, and J.K. Simmons debuts and easily takes the box office crown. The film grossed nearly $115 million during its opening weekend, making it the first ever movie to gross over $100 million on a debut weekend. The movie would go on to make over $820 million during its during its theatrical run. If you're keeping score at home, that's over, that's north of $200 million in 2023 dollars for that opening weekend and over $1.5 billion for its run. So like a, so. So like a second-tier MCU. Yeah, yeah. obviously, yeah. clearly. So, But, but where it, were you when the, when, the, when the true superhero movie started? I was just going to say, like, that it's so weird to think that that whole phenomenon... Like, I think... I think it really kicks into high gear, of course, a few years after this. But like, this was definitely the proof of concept. Mm-hmm. This was, yep. yeah. this was them going, oh, it doesn't have to always be Batman and Robin. Like, it doesn't always yeah. have to be a complete fucking disaster. It can actually work. Because like the X Men worked for sure and was uh. and was a very good. But this was like I think like the first like one that everyone went ape shit for. Right. This this isn't something that can just be critically praised. This is something that can make a shit ton of fucking money. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm just thinking how good X Men One is. Uh, Foolish by Ashanti is still your number one song. Daniel, what else was on? Uh, not a whole lot. It seems like they were getting out of the way of this one a little bit. Uh, because. <laughs> Uh, we got a, a pair of reruns bookending the uh, evening here at 8 p.m. Friends has the episode, the one where Rachel is late. I'm going to assume that it's not just like, you know, late to work. Uh, but who knows? Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe that's just the world's most mundane Friends episode. Uh, at 8.30, a Friends rerun. At 9, Will and Grace with the episode, A Bunch of White Chicks Sitting Around Talking, uh, which I think is the plot of Sex in the City. I'm not sure. Uh, and at 9.30, another Will and Grace rerun uh this week's episode had 28.7 very snotty million 28.7 million very snotty viewers tuning in uh written and directed both by john wells uh john wells doing his fifth out of nine as a director uh last time we saw him as a director was last season with a walk in the woods uh and written by uh, as i said john wells doing his 22nd out of 32 and the last one of his we saw this season as a writer was secrets and lies uh, and he was nominated for an Emmy for writing this episode. Um, this is spoilers for the season eight wrap up. This is the only award of any kind that they are even nominated for for this episode or the entire season. Like there are they are shut out completely uh, at awards time this uh, season. And this is the only thing that they even got nominated for was him for writing this episode. People have no taste whatsoever. I swear to Christ. 
anyway, uh, so I I put down I bet that I'll cry at least five times. We'll see by the end. Of, we'll see by the end whether or not we we uh, we surpass that or we'll, what's up with that. Uh, but yep, previously on is suitably brought to us by Mark, uh, and we open the episode. Uh, pretty much right after, what was that? Orion in the sky. Yeah, yeah, it, it, yeah. it does like a little crossfade where like the the previously on is mostly Carter reading the letter, and then they crossfade you back to the. Uh, it's like it has more fucking like time time travel um, lapses than fucking Back to the Future. Like it's like we start we start in the previously on in the letter, then it flashes for flashes back to uh, Orion in the sky, which then takes us into on the beach. Like it's this very like herky jerky time travel bit. Yeah. So we pick up uh, Mark is riding the train home at, after leaving the ER for his last shift, and he gets home and pops in to check on Rachel. Love the 2002 music, Crawling in the Dark by Hoobastank. Ah. Ah. Hoobastank. The, no one's favorite band, but still a band that has a special place in my heart. Uh, is blasting from her headphones, and uh, Cordae is surprised to see him up and in the kitchen, so let's uh, check in with them. Mark. Hey. What are you doing? I'm feeling sorry for myself. I've made you some soup. Ah, uh, no thanks. Do you want me to put mm. some drops in your eye? I just did it. Just making a list. Things I've always wanted to do, but I never found time for. What, too morbid? A bit. You want to hear it? Sure. Got a little carried away. Mm-hmm. Sail around the world. Climb Mount Kilimanjaro. Play third base for the Cubs and hit a sacrifice fly to drive in the winning run in the seventh game of the World Series. They get better. Uh-huh. Start a garage band and end up on the cover of Rolling Stone. Do you even play an instrument? No, but I've always wanted to trash a hotel room. Jump out of an airplane. Have noisy sex in a public place. I can help you with that one. Smoke hand-rolled Cuban cigars while drinking dark Caribbean rum in a sidewalk cafe overlooking the Havana seawall. That's a really good one. Get towed into Mavericks on a big gun and live to tell about it. Find Jerry Walker and beat the living crap out of him. And who's he? Tenth grade, long story. Take the kids to Disney World. Teach Ella how to ice skate at Rockefeller Center Christmas time. Teach Rachel how to drive. Be there to give them both away at their weddings. I told you I was sitting down here feeling sorry for myself. We could all go to Disney World. I'd like that. I haven't been a very good father. Yes, you have. No, I haven't. I wasn't there when she needed me. It was 400 miles away. A phone call on Saturdays. Couple of weeks in the summer. You know what the last thing on my list is? Fix Rachel. Two things about this. Number one, I lo- an underrated through line to the Mark Green death spiral is his complete aversion to soup. Uh, <laughs> because, because when Susan made him the soup, 
when he when he first had his recurrence, he was like, nah, man, fuck that soup. And he is holding that attitude all the way, taking that all the way to the grave. Fuck that soup. He wants nothing to do with the soup. Little does he know that soup would cure his cancer. But right, that was the cure the whole re- time. Man refuses to have soup. <laughs> we we stand a king with principles. Um, <laughs> second thing about this, thank fucking Christ that that fucking Coldplay song hasn't come out yet. The fucking fix you, like Jesus oh, Christ. Can God. you imagine the amount of fucking needle drops in this episode with that fucking song? If that had existed at this point, like, Jesus, just that was the only thing I could think of during that scene as I was watching. I was like, just thank God. Uh, can I say nobody can be mad at us about how much we shit on Mark now because he says all the stuff we've been talking about since season one right here. Yeah. Like from yeah. from the horse's mouth itself, y'all can't come at us for calling it like it is with Mark because he, he has a come to Jesus moment right here. And he, he agrees with us. He may be an incredibly problematic fave, but at least he's incredibly self-aware. Yeah. At his deathbed, yes. Hey, you hey. know what? It's better late than exactly. never. Exactly. Better late than never. Because at least now he can still have the opportunity to, you know, try to right some wrongs. Fair. Uh, with that being said, at this point in the episode, Lizzie had cried once. Uh, I was at watery eyes, but no actual tears yet. Yeah, I think I, I, I don't remember. I didn't keep a personal count for myself, but I think I was fine. Yep. Do we do we want to talk about anything else on his actual list or? <laughs> he was only uh, he was only like fourteen we... years too early on the uh, Cubs winning Cubs. the World Series. Yeah, I was gonna say, and where and where's the scene of him and uh, Corday having noisy sex in a public place? That's... Uh, I'm good without it. They, Thank you. They saved that, that a one. deleted scene. They saved that one for the DVD. Um. Yeah, I just I just love like how it's like. Yeah. Okay. This is ridiculous. This is just they do a, such a good job taking it from ridiculous to the mundane mm-hmm. in a way that you're like, oh, oh. Yeah. That's probably the way he was thinking about it. I w- so as the list went on, he was just like, ah, fuck yeah. all these things I can never do. Yeah. I don't remember. I don't remember who pointed it out or who said it initially, <clears throat> but like somebody said it at some point in one of the Facebook groups uh, talking about this, this this whole arc, really, like the whole Mark Green death arc. And how, like, on a different show or with a different character, they would have just, like, let him quietly fade away. Or, like, they would have had one episode where it was like, oh, you know, something bad happens and, and he's gone forever. But, like, this epi- this both this episode and the arc as a whole both kind of, like, takes you and, like, pries your eyeballs open, like, Clockwork Orange style. And is like, no, you're going to sit here and you're going to watch every agonizing moment of this, both from, like, from, like, every heartbreaking perspective like you're gonna you're gonna watch it from like you're gonna see how it affects his his friends you're gonna see how it affects his co-workers his family him like you're gonna watch every agonizing moment of it and we're not gonna spare you anything like we're not gonna give you any moment to like breathe i mean i think that's part of the reason why i love it is because i think it's one of the most in-depth looks at the like the dying process yeah Mm -hmm. no absolutely that we that has ever been shown on especially on national tv on right. over the air broadcast tv but yeah. like it's just showing every little aspect and yeah it's hard to watch and yeah some of it is i'm sure if you weren't like in the market for something like that then it could see how it'd be like oh this is just taking way too long just let him die already or whatever but like <laughs> yeah lauren we're gonna get there but we're gonna get into lauren's I, feelings but spoiler alert this is obviously my favorite of the three but we'll 
we'll get it's there. A, and, it, and part it, of the reason fantastic. is because it's such a such opens you up to such such good detail of of the process of dying. Uh, but then we go over. Mark is sitting in his van waiting to pick Rachel up from school, and we see her over by the school entrance with some friends. She hands her friend a cigarette that she was smoking when she sees Mark pulled up in the parking lot. And Mark offers her a mint, which I love. And she's like, oh, I was just holding it for my friend. Yeah, in your mouth. Um, but she's like, oh, where are we going? Honestly, Rachel, I don't know. And the next thing we see is him in an airplane skydiving, and she is watching him near the landing area. Yeah. I, uh, yeah. You'll never catch me jumping out of a perfectly absolutely functional airplane. Absolutely not. <laughs> yeah. They, if the airplane's on fire and, and crashing... I might take my chances, but if it's just fully functional, all engines are in the green, I'm I'm staying. They, uh, nope. they, they don't really, I mean, not that they need to, because obviously it, it becomes abundantly clear very quickly, but they don't do a, like, any sort of transition or any sort of, like, little, like, uh, like thing at the bottom. I don't know what to call it, like a little, like, lower third thing that just says now they're, now, hey, now we're in Hawaii, friends, because, yeah. because when he jumps out of the plane, my initial reaction until my brain caught up was like, this is the laziest location scouting ever. I was like, these, there are no mountains in Chicago. I was like, he just, uh, he just picked up his daughter from school in the Midwest in America. And now he's jumping out of a plane over top of these like snow capped mountains. I was like, I was this is- say, Hey, once you get like further out of the further out to the edges of the suburbs, up to like the, of the near suburbs, then there's some skydiving places you can go to no, My yeah, but no mountains. mountains i know i know i know there I know. is uh i was told I was, as i was reading up on some of the the background for this episode um there because it's one of those things that you, and i see why they cut it out because you didn't really like need this but like if you think about it for five seconds it is a little bit odd that um that uh he just runs and picks up rachel and then like dips because as we know rachel's in st louis <laughs> so there is apparently a deleted scene of Mark talking to Jen about driving down to St. Louis and mm. picking up Rachel and taking her on a trip. So like there there is a scene that sort of like bridges that gap a little bit, but like I said I can see why they cut it because you don't really need it. Um but, you know, it is there. Yeah. <sighs> also, did anyone else want a uh, higher ground by Red Hot Chili Peppers <laughs> to be playing? Not Jake. During he, the skydiving J- scene. Jake hates that me. cover. But yeah. I love it. Shout out to the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers movie. Ah, exactly the reason why I love it, too. Anyway, uh, so yeah, hey, they're in Hawaii. Uh, he wakes Rachel up at 8 a.m. to make her breakfast, and he's going to take her on a history lesson around the island, you know, re-his childhood. And because, you know, obviously we know, do we ever establish, like, how long he spent in Hawaii? Uh, was it, like, th- most of his youth? No, he says, he says they spent three years there, and that was the longest they three were. Years. That they were That was the longest they were at any yeah, one yeah, place. Yeah. Excuse me. It's, it's, my, it's the, probably the episode of TV I've watched more than anything else. You'd think I would know every little aspect of it, but still. Uh, but, yeah, so taking him up, uh, he's going to take her on a history tour all related to that time in his life because obviously he has a lot of fond memories from that time um I, hey look if i had read the next sentence his base his family was on the base <laughs> for three years look at me i'm stupid hi no good you're morning just, you're emotional yes there's a lot going on behind the scenes that makes this episode, episode extra hard to do anyway um he apparently his like one of his first jobs was he made a dollar 25 an hour being a janitor at the 
pool that was uh, on base. A junior janitor. Oh, excuse me, a junior janitor. <laughs> I didn't realize there was a distinction. You work your uh, way just up. to make it even worse. Yes. And he mentions buying weed as a kid, and Rachel looks just has this incredulous look on her face. Like he's like, Yeah, I used to be I used to be kid once too <laughs> flash over to uh anthony edwards in fast times at ridgemont high with his shirt off and a uh, head full of surfer hair being a fucking stoner yeah and that's literally his entire contribution to that movie by the way does not have a line just sits in the back really just sits in the background looking stoned that is his entire contribution to that movie good enough to make it an er movie let's go uh but he takes her onto one of the naval warships that to talk to to talk about grandpa a bit and what and what uh why did i forget his dad's name dave i mean i did too so i just go no, yeah toasted. david david is his uh, father yeah david green yeah yeah to see what david did while while they were on the base there and about talking about taking to take your kid to work day but on a warship and how it was really really cool and like how if you shot one of the guns you could hear it like three miles away or something like mm-hmm. that that's wild to me. How how any anyone who served on an active warship in World War Two or any other conflict since in is not just deaf beyond all reason. It, it yeah. astounds. There's me. a lot of that. Yeah, but yeah, he tells he tells her how he and his dad used to argue about everything all the time, and so he he says he was worried about the choices I was making and all the things that I was interested in. Hmm. Hmm. Remember, folks, we are more like we par- uh, we are more like our parents than we like to think. Boy, howdy! Yes, in several several ways. But this is honestly one of those scenes where it's like I love love. Well, obviously, they're on location in Hawaii, but yeah. I love that they took the time to go like actually go to that memorial shipyard oh yeah it's not, to pearl, in pearl harbor it's not a goddamn green screen of death <laughs> yeah it's not yeah it's not Whew. just a green screen of it but like they are actually just on i forget what the ship they're actually on but like it's either the arizona or the missouri or something like uh, that yeah or, it's definitely not the, the arizona's at the bottom of the harbor um i wasn't okay you said the arizona memorial, the arizona memorial they drive point. past which i've actually been to um and it is actually incredibly powerful um uh, because the memorial basically span it's that white bridge thing and like it, it basically mm-hmm. spans the deck of the ship and yeah. the ship is like right there it's a very shallow harbor so like the ship is like you can you oh. can look over the edge of the the bridge there and you can see the ship right underneath oh, the water shit. um and yeah, so it's it's incredibly powerful to sit there and and take all that in. I, I went on a trip to Hawaii like 13, 14 years ago, something like that. And uh, yeah, it's it is insane. I definitely recommend anybody who you know, as if you need an excuse to take a fucking vacation to Hawaii. Uh, you know, if you if you're out there, make the trip. Like it's definitely worth it. But yeah, basically, this episode is teaching us why we had all those shitty green screen effects. All throughout the rest of the season. Whew, I'm just glad that they like were able to recognize that, like that they were able to look at, at the rest of the green screen usage throughout the season and go like, we're gonna do this one right. We're gonna do this one for real. Yeah. Like we're because you know all you really need for this episode is like a beach and a naval yard. They could have easily filmed all of this in San Diego, and no, nobody would have been any fucking you know throw a couple of you know hawaii throw throw some hula uh fucking skirts in there and like a yeah. couple of lays nobody would have been able to tell the difference you could have filmed this in chicago even honestly yeah so it's just i'm glad that they like went to the trouble of actually going to hawaii and filming 
there because I feel like it does add an extra element to things. Uh, but we, we go from there flashing over to, uh, to Mark teaching Rachel how to surf, uh, which I've, I've definitely seen pictures like candid photos of mm -hmm. the, the filming of this episode of the two of them, like in the water, you know, do it, filming this whole sequence. And so that was very cool to see. Then cuts over to Rachel in her room, listening to music and crying because this episode can't let you have anything nice for even two minutes. Uh, she goes and sees Mark is asleep out on the deck they do okay, so they do this a couple of times throughout this episode. They do this a couple of times throughout this, which if you've watched the episode multiple times, it doesn't get you. But I imagine watching the episode for the first time live, it probably does have the intended effect. They do this a couple of times throughout the episode where they make you think he's dead, like because he's sitting, he's laying in this you know lounge chair out on the deck of this place, and his head is turned away from the camera. He's clearly making some effort. Anthony Edwards, I mean, is making clearly some effort to keep his breathing very shallow and not move his chest very much. Because when she walks up to him and she calls out his name, you know, calls out to him several times and he gives no response. There's definitely a p moment of pause for Rachel. And I think a definite moment of pause for the audience where you're like, is he is he dead? Like, did we did we really oh, kill yeah. him off in the first 10 minutes of the episode? And like. They do that a couple of times in this in this whole thing, and it's really fucking cruel. Um, but yeah, so she sees him asleep out on the deck, doesn't want to wake him up, uh, or, or he doesn't wake up when she calls out his name. So she goes back inside and steals one of his pills and a drink from the mini bar, and it it's you know it's a it's a weird moment. I at this point I was like. Rachel, are you fucking stupid enough to think he's not going to get charged for those drinks and wonder, like, like, and go, huh, I wonder where those went. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah, no. Look, she, she doesn't, she's a stupid kid. She's a stupid kid doing stupid things. I'm, I'm all for Rachel having a, a, you know, emotional come to Jesus arc in this, this whole episode. Like, you, you need that. But I did think that this was the part where I was like, this seems, this seems like uncharacteristically cruel of this child to to keep doing this stupid shit after she's already had the thing with Ella. Like she's already, you know, I think it's because she knows why they're there. Mm. She knows why she knows what's, she obviously knows what's happening to mm. him and she knows it's not going to be much longer. And she's just in a huge amount of denial about it yeah. and just wants to hide her pain in any way that she can. Yeah. hundred yeah. percent. But just like, come on. Go, go, I don't know, just like... It's not a reach, is what I'm no, saying. No, absolutely not. But I just like, just like, really, like, I know you're sneaking the pills because you think he's asleep. Right. Fine, that makes sense. I would have I would have but... personally done one or the other. Like, I would have done right. the pill or the booze, not both. Like, let's... Like, let's... I understand that's, that's the depth of her suffering, but like, Rachel, if you'd just been sneaking the pills, you may have been a little more okay, but the fucking mini bar. Right. Come on and anyway sorry so yeah go so she goes to walk away and they do this like really almost like horror movie <laughs> swipe where like when 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 she walks out of frame it the we're left with this flat shot of the the deck window and you can see through it that mark is not only awake but is now up and like looking through the glass and you know sees that she he, he saw this all happen so it's yeah Oh, and then they go for a ride while Imagine plays in the background on the radio. Jesus and Mark's Christ. like, do you know who this is? The world's most expensive you... needle drop. 
right? And it's like, do you know who this is? Come on, you have to know who this is. And she, of course, being a teenager and being very upset, puts her music on instead. We've all been there. Um, and they pull up, and he rented a retreat house for the week. No TV, no mini bar. And he says the hotel was getting too expensive. The mini bar charges alone were starting to add up. Hint, hint, wink, wink. And she's just like, huh? Um, and then there's a very awkward dinner between the two of them in which we transfer over to him teaching her how to drive a stick. And he's like, no, it's best to learn with a stick. She goes, well, mom has an automatic. Would Totally understandable. But um, like I thought they were going to get into a fight here as, as they just went back and forth with this. Like I thought it was just going to escalate into them just arguing and her huffing off. But no, she does it. She gets it right. Yay. Good job, Rachel. I still, I, I can drive automatic if I try, but I've never driven a stick shift in my life. I've never even attempted to. I never will attempt to if I can help it. It's, I had a, I've, I had a, there's no, I name. had a girlfriend's brother one time, like, you know, years ago, try to teach. He had like a, he had like a farm and he had like a, a old pickup truck that he used to get around the farm and it was a stick shift. And he, you know, spent an afternoon trying to teach me how to drive stick it's a fucking nightmare, especially if you're like somebody who like gets overstimulated easily. There's too mm-hmm. many fucking things to remember. Like there's too many things yeah. to remember. And if you fuck it up, then the whole thing just stalls out and you just stop. And it's just yeah. mm, no thanks. We, we the have only, the technology. The only thing technology I... solved this problem. We don't need yeah. to keep doing this. The only thing I remember is that at least at the time, like in the mid aughts, I know stick shifts were still far more prevalent than mm. automatics in Europe. Mm when I went to England for a oh, week God. and our rental car was for that we had for a few days was a stick shift. So only my oldest brother was allowed to drive it. Cause neither me nor my older brother knew how to knew jack shit about driving stick. So random memory that I yeah. have trying to hide the pain of this one. Anyway, uh, we're going to go to another audio clip here in just a minute, but uh, first let's set it up. Uh, Rachel, Peeks in his door, sees him sleeping, asks if he's okay. He's been laying in the dark with his eye patch on, and he tells her, "We noticed that the eye patch has gotten more elaborate, mm-hmm. probably like more comfortable, probably more comfortable, but it's gotten definitely more like more light blocking. I'm assuming. Mm-hmm. So, um, tells her he'll be down in a minute to join her join her on the beach. Uh-huh. Ah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And uh, so you know what's going to happen on the beach? Let's have a frank conversation about her drug use. I'm sure that'll go well. Beautiful, isn't it? Hey. It's beautiful, huh? Headache better? Yeah, thanks. What are you listening to? You wouldn't like it. When you start getting high. I don't. I was loaded most of the eighth grade. No fool, stop treating me like one. I don't get high. Missing three Vicodin. Any idea what happened to them? Maybe you took them and forgot. What else are you doing? We know about the ecstasy, now the Vicodin. 
Huffing? Speed? I already told you, nothing. Crystal math? What? You don't believe me, fine. Rachel? Rachel? Rach? You're only 14. What the hell are you gonna be putting in your body when you're 16? We're gonna talk about this. Rachel, damn it, stop. I love you, please don't do this. I don't, I don't know what to do. I don't have time to work this through. I'm not gonna be here in a year to help. You got a bastard of a father who was never around and then went off and had a new baby. Your mom got remarried to a creep. She works too much. You got a raw deal, all right? Why not get high? No one gives a damn about you anyway. You know how that feels? I remember being 14 and pissed off at my dad and the world. What are you gonna do when I'm not here, Rach? Who is gonna keep you from killing yourself? I'm scared. I'm scared about what's gonna happen to you. Look, it sucks. I'm your father and I'm gonna die. You know what? I think it sucks too. Shout out to Craig catching a fucking stray there. Like, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, what did he ever do? <laughs> right. Like, when was it ever indicated that he was a fucking creep? <laughs> uh, okay. <laughs> Just want them to pan over to like <laughs> him trying to like be nice and like like show up and like surprise like hey i brought you know like a fruit tray or something like he's sort of like uh he's sort of like pierce brosnan's character in uh in um mrs, mrs. Doubtfire. Doubtfire. like you know it's like okay like what did he ever really do or just him have like spidey sense like all the way back in san louis just like the fuck the fuck <laughs> the fuck did i do oh q another q for fix you oh Daniel? god uh. <laughs> Sorry, but yeah, he's Mark. He's trying. He's trying. God bless him. And God bless his heart. He's trying. Rachel, just listening to the worst music I've ever heard in my entire life. Like I. No, oh, it's early aughts <sighs> alt rock. I don't know. I don't know. AKA the worst music you've ever <laughs> I was heard. Probably say yeah. <laughs> Like just just the little bits you can hear bleeding out of her, which also talk about fuck the uh, the three miles away gun killing your hearing like just 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 this bullshit that uh, imagine going deaf you know I would much rather go deaf blowing up Nazis than going deaf listening to fucking new metal like talk about your admirable causes like remember kids it's always more it's uh, it's always morally correct to punch a Nazi uh, so punch your local Nazi today. It's uh, also morally incorrect to listen to corn. So uh, (laughs) delete that from your playlist today. So, yeah, we then go to Mark is on the phone with Lizzie uh, lying to her, telling her that everything is good. uh, Asks about how Ella's doing. You then see him out surfing. uh, Rachel sees him from the beach. Um they then cut to uh, Lauren's least favorite scene of the entire episode and perhaps the season. Uh, Mark uh, and Rachel are on their way walking back from the beach towards the uh, retreat house, and Mark has a seizure, uh, falls to the ground. Uh, shout out for Lizzie for remembering this was about to happen and going, mm, mm-hmm. you might want to look away. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I think, I don't know, is this worse than the one that he has in the hospital for in terms of like, no, I'm not talking about like, performance wise i'm just talking about like traumatically like i 
I defer to Lizzie because I didn't watch this one. I mean, they're both not the best. Yeah. So I don't know. It's kind of one and one A here. (sighs) I think the hospital one is a little more daunting just because it's in such an overstimulating place Mm. that there's so much going on kind of around him when it happens. And like the idea for me of having a seizure at work is horrifying. Mm. Yeah. So like that compared to like, okay, not at least, but like if I have one, you know, out on the beach. Yeah. With a loved one, at least there, it's like, I'm in a place where I'm already built in to be relaxing. And the one at the hospital, like, he's way more horrified. Sure. Mm -hmm. Because he has has the aura. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So just, yeah, uh, either way, it's shit your pants awful, but um, this one, I at least had proper warning, and it didn't have the haunting music beforehand. Sure. So. Everything, like, fading out, becoming muted. So yeah, so this is this is the event that precipitates if we if we roll it back to the letter. This is the event that precipitates uh, Lizzie getting involved and Mm -hmm. her having to leave suddenly. Um, So we then see her arriving to the house with Ella. Um, Some lovely music as she's walking around the house, kind of exploring, looking for them. Um, She finds Mark in bed and gently wakes him up. And Ella, ever the performer here, uh, given the the big cheesy grin uh, as she sees Mark for the first time. Uh, We follow this baby on Instagram. Uh, (laughs) That is is, uh, Alex Kingston's actual daughter, um, who is now a fucking college student. Uh, (laughs) And uh, yeah, so... That was a weird thing. As I was, I was like, "Oh, that's that's the that's her actual daughter." We we follow her daughter on Instagram because she couldn't have because asked, she had a couple of for, Zella. and you couldn't have asked for a better baby performance, right? She's natural born performer. Yeah. Um. Oh, but then Mark and Lizzie are talking about the house rental, and we learn that he's doing acupuncture and taking herbs, and because why the hell not? Like at this point, he's like, "What do I have to lose from doing stuff that might make me feel better while I'm dying?" Which, shout out to acupuncture. It can be great. Like, when I was getting it regularly for my back, yes, I miss it, but I need to go find a new provider that I trust. Um, But yeah, mm, go do it. Like, if you feel like it, go do it. I never thought I'd be a proponent of it, but it's relaxing, even if it maybe isn't doing anything. But uh, Lizzie says that Rachel called her about the seizure, and he didn't go to a neurologist. He just upped his own meds, because why the fuck not at this point? Um, she says, oh, you need a full workup, Get, and she just tries to give him a basic neuro screening just to see how he's doing. And she's like, we have to get you back home. We have to get you full scans. Like, we got to talk to oncology, blah, blah, blah. He's like, I don't want to go home. This is beautiful here. I don't want to go home. And this is where Lizzie cried again. No, I cried twice during this yes. whole thing. No, this is where they, so this is your second. Oh, two cry. cries. Then how do I jump up to six <laughs> in the next one? Because you you cried a lot during those audio clips. Okay, no, like in the very next before even before oh. the next audio clip here. So maybe that's in the wrong spot. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, anyway, hold on. <laughs> oh God, here we go. No, we're fine. Whatever. Either way, Lizzie cried a lot. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. We'll just say I. I cried a shit ton because fuck this episode, but goddamn, this is a good episode. Um, so I'm sorry. Did you do the next line? Oh no, sorry. We were too distracted about my poor accounting guys. I do this for a living. Um, 
But then they go to a surf shop and uh, Mark did it actually so Rachel could flirt with the sales guy, Kai. Like he goes there under the precedent of, you know, maybe buying Rachel a surfboard. And Lizzie's like, does she need one? Where is she going to fucking surf in St. Louis? And Mark's like, shh, shh, just, just watch. And Lizzie's like, okay. Like you're watching National Geographic <laughs> yes. or some shit. <laughs> Look at the mating call as the male sticks his breasts out or something. Gross. <laughs> exactly. It's it's National Geographic. Nothing makes sense. Puffs his chest out. There Stop. we go. Stop. That's, that's the word I was. Sticks his tits well, out. <laughs> yeah. I don't even know, man. Uh, I'm just trying to avoid because infinite sadness. Because we have like less than a page of notes left here, people. But Jesus, ugh. already this episode yeah. goes so fast. Yeah, well, because a lot of what we're talking about here, this is one where I know I should have said this at the beginning. You absolutely need to watch this. It's a lot of it's a lot of poignant silences mm-hmm. and like just meaningful moments that we can't really capture in yeah. a recap. Yeah. Excellent point, Lizzie. That yeah, and, no, this is and a lot of beautiful scenery and a beautiful cinematography and yeah other other than a few select moments and, and one you know kind of obvious one at the very end um they really let the soundtrack of hawaii kind of mm-hmm. s- do mm-hmm. the score for this ep- like martin really doesn't do a lot of heavy lifting this episode like he he has one or two little like you know interludes mm-hmm. but for the most part it is like either needle drops or like you know like like diegetic stuff where like oh this is playing on the radio or whatever um or like you know the the big thing at the end of the episode like they like mm. but for the most part they kind of let Hawaii just provide the soundtrack for this episode yeah. which is really nice which is a perfect choice uh, but so well some something to some some little bit of audio at least Mark's holding Ella while he starts singing uh, the song I can never listen to outside of this episode ever again it. It came up on an Instagram reel last night, and I was just like, nope, yeah. nope, <laughs> nope. <laughs> yeah, Mark's uh, singing, uh, Mar- uh, Marcus, Marcus holding Ella while he starts singing Over the Rainbow. Just, <laughs> yeah. So, theoretically, Lizzie's six, Lauren one. I have no idea You You cried like five from. times in this one scene. <laughs> <laughs> I know. You know, anything is possible it- at this point. There's a lot of, there's... Watching and going through this episode, there's a lot of, like I said, behind the scenes, recent death in the family. You're doing health, great. Health scares. You're doing great, that, sweaty. Yeah, that it's just all bubbling. To, it's all been bubbling to the surface because of this. So, isn't it fuck great? This episode, but I love this. Episode. Isn't it great that we get paid to trauma dump on our listeners? Though we love <laughs> yeah, you guys. Sure. Patreon.com/slash/IntelPodcast um, <laughs> for the for. Oh, we're laughing so we don't cry again, uh, Lizzie. Exactly, but yeah, Rachel. Uh, Rachel helps him get up and supports his arm while he carries Ella to her crib. So clearly showing that Mark is his physical strength is leaving him. Yeah, he's he's starting to get more neurological issues where you know he's not necessarily able to hold. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but then Mark tries to be like, oh, do you remember this and this? Like, I think they're talking about a dog or something mm-hmm. that used to live by them. And just like, you know, he's just trying to reminisce and, you know, remind her of things and just trying to bond and 
have any last semblance of closeness while everything's going on, Daniel. Yes. Remember when you were a completely different child? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no wonder she doesn't remember shit. Um, But yeah, Rachel yells at him for bringing up old things that don't matter, that aren't relevant. Like, why the fuck do you keep trying to do this? That's not what we had. That's not like what I remember, blah, blah, blah. Just, just absolutely, you know, projecting all of this shit back on him right now. She is not having a good time. Again, get Rachel a fucking therapist. But um, <laughs> I'm just Anthony Edwards picturing that meme of that kid, and she's like, "I'm straight up not having a good time." <laughs> now that's gonna be the clip for this. Episode. That's gonna be the this meme whole... for this episode. I'm gonna find that. I'm gonna find that meme, and I'm gonna like superimpose Rachel's face over it, and just be like, "Straight up not having a good time." Poor, poor Rachel. This whole episode is just fuck them kids. <laughs> um, but then Anthony, I want to note here, Anthony Edwards does a great job just with these little nuanced things as he's getting worse, such as like his limp arm, the slack eye. I don't even know how you make your face do that. Like just <laughs> acting. Just, acting. But yes, like just a lot of these nuanced little things to show his deterioration. And yes, Lizzie. I was just thinking the ultimate form of method acting. He actually had a tumor oh, while, he, while he was filming this and had it removed right after. Stop that. Um, but yeah, no, he he does such a good job, both obviously with the emotional heavy lifting, but also the logic- logistical stuff. And I said emotional heavy lifting. That, that makes me think of um, one of those dumb, stupid kid brain things that uh, we all had as kids of like, you know, I thought that this phrase was this, or I thought that this thing was this. So I remember yeah. watching my dad... Uh, letting me watch Jaws at an age that I was probably too young to watch. Uh, But like, I remember watching that with, and of course, you know, there's the scene at the end where the shark basically eats half of the boat and like um, he ends up killing uh, Quint, the the old sea captain. And uh, I remember my dad telling me that the actor who played Quint was dead, which he was like, he, he died, you know, uh, he died like back in the eighties. Uh, but I didn't know that he just he didn't tell me when he died he just said he was dead and my dumb kid brain was like damn like he really wanted this movie to be good like he let himself get eaten by a shark for real so that the movie would be better and I was yeah I was a I, I was it. a dumb child <laughs> love it but yeah go go Anthony Edwards here like just magnificent job so uh speaking of come to Jesus moments I think we were talking about those earlier but uh, let's have one of those with uh, Corday and Rachel on the beach. How long are you planning on keeping this up? He's not perfect, far from it. But he's trying. You've got to grow up faster than you should have to. You don't get to be a child anymore. Your father's dying. I know that. He's going to die soon. Very soon. And if you keep going on like this, you're going to miss what little time you have left with him. This is it, Rachel. This is your last chance. And if you blow it, you're going to end up hating yourself for the rest of your life. Fuck. (laughs) Miss Corday. Mrs. Corday. Dropping truth bombs mm. there, but I, I, every single word. I I do like though that both both Mark and Lizzie in their separate conversations with Rachel 
yes, Rachel needs to like get her shit together and stop being, you know, stop acting the way she's acting. But I do like that in both separate conversations, they do allow Rachel the grace of acknowledging <clears throat> the fact that she has been dealt a really shitty hand here. Like, and that mm-hmm. like it's, it is not entirely her fault because I think a lot of the discourse around particularly Rachel too, is that she's just a shitty teenager that needs to be like, you know, jettisoned into space. And I think that's an oversimplification. And I think it it is an unfair amount of like emotional responsibility to place on what is essentially still a child. Like she's, she's what? 14, 14, 14, 15, 15, maybe. you know, so like, yeah, cause he said eighth grade. Right. So like that is a, that is a tremendous weight for a child of that age to carry. And, and the truth is you don't, nobody knows how you would react under those circumstances until you are faced with them. And, you know, especially when you factor in hormones and shit, like she's, she's dealing with a lot independent, mm-hmm. independent of her dad dying. Like she's dealing with so much right now. And you know the, the the stuff with Ella was not that long ago, so like she's still trying to process that whole thing. Like she might have almost she she did almost kill her her infant sister, so like she's just dealing with a lot of shit. And so like I I don't feel like it's fair to just like dump it all on her and just be like, yeah, oh, this kid sucks. Like yeah, she sucks, but there's a reason why she sucks. <laughs> like there's a there's a method to the madness a little bit here of like there are some explanations and some justifications for why she sucks, and I like that they they allow them to acknowledge that in these conversations with her of just like, this isn't entirely your fault, but you do need to like nut the fuck up and like deal with it now. Cause you're going to regret it if you don't. Yeah. Just trauma is a hell of a drug. Yeah. And then we go to uh, our big primetime moment of the episode where uh, Mark is uh, staring at the uh, ceiling fan above his head. We get this like POV shot basically of him laying in bed, looking at the ceiling fan above his head. And he tries to roll out of bed, but the, the right side dysfunction is really getting bad. So his right leg is now suffering too. So as he goes to get up, he slips, hits his head on the headboard, uh, yells a very loud, very pronounced, very clear as day shit. Uh, which, you know, is the kind of thing you probably can, you can probably only pull that card once as John Wells. Like you could probably only get away with that with uh, NBC standards and practices once. Uh, And he sits up against the bed as they go to commercial. The perfect choice in this thing to not have any. Oh yeah. It's just the struggle behind it. It's just the struggle. And it is. And a little bit of beach noise, a little bit of quiet beach noise. This is, this is one of those moments where it was like, I think a lesser show would have cut this scene entirely. A lesser show would not have mm-hmm. shown you this and would not have like m- made it so agonizing. That's the thing. This scene feels like it goes on forever. Mm-hmm. And it's mm-hmm. yeah, like it's like you said it's it you need to have it. You need to do this. Some some show somewhere along the line needed to like portray this as authentically as possible. Uh, but I don't think a lot of shows would have had the the guts to do it. It's the process of dying. Uh, I almost said trust the process, but that seems really <laughs> appropriate here. Uh, and yet I said it anyway. Hi, everyone. Let's go to our next audio clip. Uh, Corday is trying to get Mark to go to the hospital. <coughs> I'm a bit worried about that cough. It's okay. 
we could go to the hospital and get a CBC and a chest X-ray. No thanks. Mark, the decadrin's suppressing your immune system. <sighs> no kidding. Did you up it again? Well, if it turns to pneumonia, we can give IV antibiotics. Pneumonia? Uh-huh. It's not a bad way to go. <sighs> oh. Where's Rachel? She's at sunset with Kai. Yeah. Nice offshore breeze. Waves should be great. They're spending a great deal of time together. He's a nice kid. So you're not worried? About what? About what they might be doing in all that time. No. I think it's great. I need you to do something for me. Mm -hmm. It might be kind of hard. I want to write letters to Rachel and Ella. I tried to do it myself, but I can't read my own writing now. I want them to open letters on special days. High school graduation, college, their wedding days. Think that's cruel? <clears throat> Reaching out from beyond the grave on days when they should be happy? I think they'll cherish every single word. Told you it might be hard. I'm okay. Uh, I would have done anything for my dad to have been able to do this. I would have given anything in the world. Mm -hmm. So Lizzie's on mute because she's having a lot of sniffles. We'll give her a minute. But going back to what we said earlier about the uh, just the sounds of Hawaii being the soundtrack, mm. you couldn't ask for anything better during that sequence. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, it's it, it 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 it's able to communicate. I think much more than any you know. No no shade to Martin, who is you know one of my favorite parts of the entire show, uh, and I think does an amazing job with the tools that he is given and the 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 situations that he's given. But like, I feel like the just that calm like wave crashing sound in the background. I think it, it does so much adds so much more emotional depth to it than any sort of like tranquil like piano key tuning like any of that stuff like i feel like would have just it wouldn't have had the same effect i don't think yeah and i think it um i think the other thing is it really kind of mirrors how at ease mark is mm -hmm. right he's it's all about him making like peace with things and like you know letting letting things go to a certain degree and um you know another aspect that i love about this because so much of this episode is is anchored in this father-daughter relationship and like him mm -hmm. him you know finally embracing kind of being a dad you know <laughs> better late than never um and like i like that they don't overcorrect and go too far in the other direction where he turns into like mm -hmm. overprotective dad and like over overly yeah. obsessed with his daughter dad where like 
he's like, yeah, she's hanging out with a boy. That's cool. Like, like sh- shit, shit might happen, but you know, that's life. Like he's, he's so much more like just at peace with everything. And I, I really like that aspect of it that he doesn't, mm-hmm. it doesn't overcorrect in the other direction where it's like, now he's like, no, she's my daughter TM. And that's not going to like, whatever, you know, he's never shown that kind of interest in her as a person before. So why would he do it now? You know? Yep. Character consistency, people. Yep. Character consistency. You all right over there, Lizzie? No, but let's keep going. <laughs> so uh, Lizzie, seven, Lauren, two. Yeah, I don't know how I got to six and seven, but either way, maybe I was forecasting for additional cries with this recording. Uh, but then we, we see Lizzie uh, Corday washing dishes when Rachel comes in. And Rachel comments on how much Mark sleeps now and how much pain he's in. And Lizzie says, yep. It won't be long now. Daniel, I'm so scared. <laughs> I am. I'm not okay. I <laughs> really. I'm not okay. Be bad. Oh. See, I was going to fuck with the next clip, but I figured Daniel already had shit posts in the world. <laughs> oh, so. God. Should we do the serious yeah, one first? Yeah, we got to just... rip the band-aid off. Uh, oh, yeah. Okay, bets on if Daniel and I cry with Lizzie. The, only, the, main, the say, main reason like, we got to rip the just... band-aid off now is because there cannot be any level of sincere emotion after for the, for the rest, rest of this of thing. i was gonna say can we just like take like two minutes after we're done with this with the clip let it breathe co- and then go on collect so i can collect myself a bit before we go on because that's gonna, fair i'm gonna cry my eyes out even more all right let's go to our last audio clip here rachel goes in to check on mark and he is not good good I was just dreaming about you. You were? When you used to love balloons. You remember how much you loved balloons? No. I used to buy them for you. And right when I handed them to you, you let them go. Drive your mother crazy. Sit with me. Sit. I was trying to figure out what I should have already told you, but I never have. Something important. Something every father should impart to his daughter. Finally got it. Generosity. Be generous with your time, with your love, with your life. Okay. I'm sorry, Rachel. I'm so tired. It's okay. Don't cry for me. I won't. Be generous. Always. I will. Daddy? 
I remember the lullaby. I remember you used to sing it to me every night. I remember. Lizzie is nursing her dehydration from all that crying she just did. Do, do we want to talk about some feelings? <clears throat> no. <laughs> I really uh, don't want to talk about it. Because <laughs> it feels very totally inappropriate right now. Uh, but uh, here we are. Once the shit post is out of the barn, you can't do anything about it. I, do we want to listen to the shit post before we before so, you say what happens? Yeah, I think, like, I think, you, I think you need to just talk about whatever you want to talk about, and then <laughs> we got to go off okay. the rails. Should we mention what happens just during while that song uh, is playing? Yes, just and then we can talk about the whole thing. Yeah, uh, Daniel. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So, uh... <laughs> <laughs> sorry. Uh, so there's, yeah, the montage of the ER and Mark passing away, uh, you know, they, they light the ER in such a way so that it has like a very heavenly glow to it. Uh, it's Mark just kind of walking through, uh, very, just him, like, you know, no, no patients, no background stuff, just, just him through the ER. It's very, very beautiful. Uh, sees Lizzie, Ella, Kai, and Rachel, uh, and then Lizzie, (laughs) Jesus Christ. (laughs) <laughs> Lizzie, I shouldn't be laughing during this, but it's just because I know how. No, st- you're you're thinking I'm just ahead. Think how stupid this is. Um, Lizzie finds him in bed, having passed away. Checks his pulse and kisses his hand. Which, again, like no soundtrack with other than you know the uh, like the they the so the the that that brings me to my my first shit post of uh, shit post through the pain, kids. Um, the. Uh, the the whole time, like through this whole montage, they're playing the the Somewhere Over the Rainbow song, which you kind of heard towards the very end of that clip of like it's sort of fading in, and you know Lizzie made the correct choice of like sparing us the. Uh... Also, didn't want to run afoul. Oh of sure, licensing, sure. licensing. Thing. I would have, so I would have lost it. I was about people, to start crying, and then the lullaby stopped. Yeah. People get the idea. You get the idea. Uh, but you know, they did have a backup plan in, in case, you know, the rights didn't come through for that one. Uh, and, uh, this was the backup plan. Uh, the first of three bonus clips we have, uh, this was the backup plan in case the rights for that one didn't go. Oh no. If it hadn't been forgotten, I'd do it. I'd been married a long time ago. Where did you come from? Where did you go? Where did you come from? Cotton I do. If it hadn't been forgotten, I'd do it. I'd been married a long time ago. Where did you come from? Where did you go? Where did you come from? Cotton I do. the right choice you know <laughs> ultimately they ultimately daniel. john wells went with his gut and you know what he was right that's why he's there and i'm here uh, so uh daniel this is why we've been doing this for three years i absolutely fucking oh, love man. you see 
That's oh. better than what I was going to do, because my original plan was... Because I thought Daniel would have a shit post for this song. I, I know Daniel. I've known Daniel for years now. And I had an idea that he was going to do something to, to because to break up this um, this amazingly emotional and difficult... So, well, not difficult to watch, but just beautiful moment. He was going to shitpost right the fuck all over it. So, my original plan, before I had that thought last night while I was pulling clips, was I was going to, instead of it fading into Somewhere Over the Rainbow, I was going to have it fade into Rollin' by Limp Bizkit. <laughs> <laughs> You've killed Daniel. I just spit all over my mic. <laughs> Like a legit spit take. Holy yeah, shit. Yeah, I know. Oh my god, it's all over my monitor and everything. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> oh god. Oh my god. Okay. Well that might have been excessive though. <laughs> yeah, no, that is a little is a little much. But you know, who doesn't love a little cotton eye Joe? I think I feel like uh, I feel like Mark would have been a, a cotton eye Joe fan. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, <laughs> Excuse you, he's a sticks fan. Thank you very much. Yeah, There's two very different classes of people. Yeah, now that that actually could have been a, a, a nice little callback. Like that, that that would have been a nice little thing. Um, so we've been talking about deleted scenes all throughout uh, the episode. That there's deleted scenes of you know, like Mark talking to Jen, and and uh, I think there's another deleted scene of of Rachel noticing Mark's uh, dysfunction on his right side. You know, and things are getting worse. Um, this was another deleted scene that I found uh, of Lizzie. In I can see why they took it out because, like, tonally, right after what we just saw, like, th- you get the point across without having to do it. But there, there is this deleted scene of Lizzie telling Rachel that her father is dead. So, yo, asshole, this motherfucker's dead. <laughs> <laughs> This is getting worse. Oh, I wish I could. I wish I could. I wish I could say this gets better, but it doesn't. Oh, oh man. Okay. <laughs> also, as far as our cry count went, right about here, uh, I didn't know how to write the infinity symbol at this point. Like, I knew the rest That's of the fair. episode was just going to be us fucking losing it. Oh, oh boy. <clears throat> but then we go over to the ever divisive uh, Mark's funeral. Do we? And- do we oh, want to talk? Do we want to talk about the actual content of that? What? Before, like the I actual think, I think scene, we, I think we, we did for the most part. I mean, because it, it it kind of all fades one into the other. Yeah, like yeah. you know, they do the the, the montage in the ER, the, all the stuff, and then it kind of fades no, straight about, like, from our there. feelings about it. Oh, I mean, it's it's great. It's what do you you know? What can you say? Like if you're watching that for the first time, especially if you've been with the show since the beginning, if you're watching that for the first time, you're a fucking mess at that point. Yeah. Like you are a blubbering fucking mess by that point. So I mean, I don't know how you couldn't be. I still have vivid memories of both me and my mom sitting together on the couch watching this and crying our eyes out. Yeah, it's it, it is you know little. What was I? Thirteen year old me that, at this point. Yeah. yeah, that sounds about right. It's it's a lot. It's a lot to deal with. Oh man, fuck. Yeah, but just if I this is this is not not just this episode, but like if I ever specifically like. I'm like, God, I haven't cried in a while, and it's really bugging me. Like, I really just need to feel something. (laughs) This scene, without fail, 
Cotton Eye Joe and all. Just basically. <laughs> just. Just every single time. I'm trying. It's guaranteed, guaranteed waterworks. I'm currently digging through a drawer trying to find a sock to wipe off my microphone and mirror with. That's that's gross. Just don't find the wrong. I don't have a. I don't have. Nope. 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 I don't have anything in this room that I can wipe off with. You have like eight flannels right next to you. And you have like a wall of shirts behind you. I guess that's true. The wall of shirts is a quilt. Well, they were shirts at one point. I know. I I am aware. They have they have become a quilt. Quilts can be absorbent. But yeah. Oh, he doesn't want to take that down. That's like pinned up. Yeah, whatever. That's his problem. I'm just happy I ever got to make Daniel do a spit take. That's achievement unlocked in this podcast. That absolutely killed me. Holy shit. (laughs) Oh, but anyway. Okay, we can move on to Mark's funeral now. Okay, so I wish I could like convey how I typed this, but if any of you are online chronically and know the SpongeBob memes where it's caps, lowercase, lowercase, caps, yeah. just absolute insanity, uh, I put, but why aren't Doug and Carol there? But why weren't Doug and Carol there? there oh, oh, yes. The most important of all ER debates. The only uh, topic that merits discussion in 331 goddamn episodes of this fucking show. Can you tell that I've been waiting three and a half Go years ahead, Daniel. for this scene? <laughs> Let her like, rip. Holy shit. Oh, my God. Like, if you are online at all, first of all, don't recommend it. Um, If you are online at all, you know that, like, people get so fucking twisted around the axle about this that, like, like, why were Doug and Carol? First of all, he's dead. Who gives a shit? Like, he's, do you think he's going to be upset? He's dead. He doesn't care. Um, But secondly, the official story, because we're going to get into the reasons why in just a second. The official story, repeated ad nauseum, the official story is that they talked to both of them about it, b- them being Clooney and Juliana Margulies. Clooney, rightfully so in my opinion, uh, surmised that NBC would not be able to – because they remember, they already burned the get one Clooney free card at the end of season six when Carol left – and NBC was, like, very pissed that they got left out of the loop on that. And so, like, they were not going to be able to get away with sneaking him into another episode. So they, if they were going to do it, they had to publicize it. And NBC, in 2002, we're talking, like, Ocean's Eleven, George Clooney. Mm-hmm. They're not going to let that go. Like, they're not going to not make it George Clooney's dramatic return to ER. Like, that would have been the tagline. That would have been the selling point for this network and he rightfully i think made the assessment that if i come back for this very nothing camp because not going to do anything he's just going to stand there and look sad he's not going to do anything of substance it's going to overshadow uh anthony edwards big moment like it's going to be there's been eight seasons of build-up i mean you know and you can you know you could argue it's been eight seasons of build-up but but in earnest it's been two full seasons of build-up leading to this moment and you know for through no fault of his own for this guy to come in at the last minute and get all of the publicity and get all of the like eyeballs on the episode just because he's going to be there. That's not fair. That's not fair to Anthony Edwards. And it doesn't make sense for Juliana Margulies to come by herself. You know, like it doesn't, they've clearly, they've made it very abundantly clear that those two are a package deal as characters. Now they got there happily ever after. So like, you're not going to have her show up without him and he's not going to show up 
but you know for the reasons we just talked about so like i totally get it like and i totally i think he made the right call i think it was it's not and and some people like to twist that into oh clooney thought he was such a big deal that he wouldn't no fuck you he was a big deal he is a big deal and like he (laughs) it's not so much him that's the problem it's not anthony edwards that's the problem it's none of the the people involved that's the problem it's the network the network would not have been able to resist the temptation to turn this into the george clooney hour and the george clooney dramatic return to er hour that's the problem that's where you couldn't do this but there were a lot of other reasons why it didn't happen too and i would like to get into some of those now um because it's important. It's important to discuss these reasons. I need everybody's full attention for this because these are never before heard reasons why. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, these are Daniel's Doug and 13 Carol. reasons why. The, oh, these are the, no. the these are the this is, you're getting like inside info. Oh, I dug deep no. for these. These are the reasons why Doug and Carol were not at the funeral. Oh, no. Are we ready? Are from we ready same, for this? From the same source as Malucci facts. Oh no. Yes. Yes, from the same department. <laughs> Can um, you all see my soul leaving my body right now? <laughs> So we'll we'll start off. I got I got equal amounts for each because this was nobody's fault. You know, it, it, there was a, a myriad of things that caused this to fall apart. But uh, first and foremost, negotiations broke down uh, when George insisted on wearing his costume from Batman and Robin with the nipples. Like that was a thing. He he insisted on the nipples being part of the suit, and that was where they were like, George, that's too far. We can't have that. Uh, this, this is network TV. We can't have nipples. Right. No, no. We, we already got away with one shit. We can't have nipples, too. Uh, Juliana Margulies, she, she did express some interest in returning, um, but she had been uh, experimenting with method acting for her role in Disney's Dinosaur, uh, <laughs> and at the time was, in fact, herself a dinosaur. So it would have looked weird on camera. Um, you know, understandable. You yeah, don't want to. No. You don't want to have just like a bunch of sad people and then like a brontosaurus. Well, that just and out. for her, you don't want to break character. If she's in the middle of a project, you, exactly. it's so hard to get back to dinosaurs. It could. It, that could have been a big break for her. Unfortunately, yeah. the movie is boring as fuck. So, yeah. um, we can't win them all. George, going back to George, he thought that rightfully so. Again, the man has his finger on the pulse. He thought that it would be confusing for the audience if he appeared, uh, because his character died at the end of the Perfect Storm. And nobody had the heart to tell him it was just a movie. So, you know, like, uh, uh, you know, he, he didn't want to confuse anybody. And I get that. Uh, Juliana, on the other hand, she was kind of overall hesitant to return because she didn't want to be in a room with Luca and Doug at the same time and have the audience realize that she has a type. Uh, <laughs> awkward. Uh, major stumbling block for George's return was that they couldn't find anybody to do a Caesar cut in 2002. Yeah, that tracks. Similarly, on the topic of hair, the hairspray budget for Juliana would have made the episode 18 minutes shorter uh, and would have ended (laughs) instead, uh, instead of the big montage at the end, it would have ended with a title card uh, saying Mark Green died on the way back to his home planet. Yep, that tracks. Uh, Yeah. Uh, contrary to popular belief, George did actually come in for a day of filming and they, they gave it a try. Uh, but ultimately they cut his scenes because the Clooney chuckles at the funeral were deemed quote, tonally inappropriate. Mm. Oh, I just want to, uh, I just want to lay over of that now. Um, an- another reason why the, the Clooney day of filming didn't work out. Uh, he kept pestering John Wells to let him do the Spider-Man pointing meme with Goran Vishnik. Uh, and he was he re- repeatedly was rebuffed. They asked him uh, to leave eventually. 
and then finally, uh, everybody all it was a mutual decision. Everybody decided it would be best not to have Anthony and Juliana on screen together at any point, lest it spoil Mark's upcoming cameo in Ghost Ship, uh, where he played the ghost. Too soon? Is that too soon? No, nope, it's. Beautiful. I am not. Uh, I I am I'm ignoring you because I'm angry at you. <laughs> Oh. oh, God. But for the list of people who were there, let's go through this real quick. We got Carter, Benton, Carrie, Abby, Luca, Susan, Chen, Hale, Gallant, Ella, Rachel, Lizzie, Cleo, Anspa, Wild Willie, hey, Frank, Romano, Jerry, and Jen. And I need to note here, as far as uh, funeral pan shots of you know people attending iconic characters funerals who did it better endgame or on the beach this is for four of you Ooh, only one of them had uh michael ironside in it so that is very uh, I true think, i think there's a clear winner there that and, and but only uh, one of them had chris pratt in it so you know <laughs> but also uh abram wait 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 was it chris pratt's funeral no. No. Ah, well then it doesn't matter. No. Maybe maybe in Gardens of the Galaxy Volume 3. But next week. But at, uh on the beach also had Sweet Baby Jerry. It did. Yeah. That one two punch, man. Michael Ironside and Sweet Baby Jerry, that's hard to beat. Yep. I do like that though. I, that that is one of my favorite parts of the, you know, the uh, nauseatingly unending debate about fucking Clooney's presence at the funeral. Um the one part of the the funeral thing that does fill me with joy is seeing Wild Willie there, yes. because it is such mm-hmm. a in in hindsight and in ret- in retrospect is such a small, tiny, insignificant part of Mark's story that like if you aren't it's a deep cut, yeah, if you aren't as deranged as we are, you'd be like, who's the bald guy at Mark's funeral? Like because like they. Like, who the fuck is he? Like, we haven't seen him. I mean, yeah, I know he had his, like, one return episode, like, in, like, season three or four or whatever it is. Um, but but the bulk of his story is the end of season one. And, like, if th- that was seven years ago. And, like, it, it doesn't end particularly dramatically. It just kind of ends. And so, like, it's it is a really deep cut to have him at that funeral. So I think it was a really nice touch. I really wish we would have gotten more of him just in general. I know I've said that before, but I'm saying it again. But, but, but. Uh, but, and yes, that is the last time we ever see Wild Willie. It is also the last time we ever see Cleo, uh, because here heretofore she is only ever referred to, uh, you know, like when Benton comes back in season 15. It's like, oh, yeah, I had a girlfriend. Maybe I married her. Maybe I didn't. We're not going to make a definitive mark about it because uh, we kind of want to, like, stir up some shit between Benton and Lizzie in season 15. Why not? But speaking of deep cuts, oh, I dug God. real deep for this one. I went deep into the archives. Stop I saying to- deep. I reached out to Lauren's mom for this one uh, to get to get archival, not live reacts, archival reacts of little baby. What were you like? Eleven when this episode came out? Uh, ten. Ten. Little baby. Ten year old Lauren. Little arch- archival reacts live from the horse's mouth. And spoilers: her opinions have not gotten better in the twenty years since this episode. Uh, so yeah, let's let's hear from little ten-year-old Lauren about her thoughts on the Mark Green Death Trilogy finally coming to its merciful conclusion. He's dead. Nobody cares. <laughs> <laughs> Deep cut for you, me, and Jake. <laughs> oh. Uh, oh. Shout out! To, shout out to the innocent ladies for that one. 
Oh my yeah. god. Oh yeah, that's yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh. I didn't, know, I didn't know Lauren was on Mad Men. I might have been. Uh, I don't remember having a lisp though. That's true. I don't know. I don't know. Oh boy. What? <laughs> All right. I, I promise. That's it. That's the last one. I'm out of shit posts for now. <coughs> for this. Okay. Ugh. Oh, great deep dives, Daniel. I really appreciate you going above and beyond with that journalistic integrity to bring us all that information. No, no, nothing but the best. I love you. Uh, but then we go over to Rachel and Lizzie are in the car, and Rachel asks if she can still come visit Ella, and to which uh, Lizzie responds, of course, she's your sister. And Jen is in the car with them, too, by the way. She's just on the other side, so we don't see her at first. But um, what, a, what, a, what a fucking perfect uh, summation of that character. And Jen's there, too. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but Rachel asks if they can pull over real quick, and she runs and takes a balloon from an open house sign and stares at it and then lets it go and watches it go up into the sky while Jen and Lizzie watch her watch this balloon. Because she used to do when she was a kid. Yep. Big emotional moment, watching her stare up in awe. It feels nice in the in the in the context. The more, it, it, more shit, more after yeah. our shit post, it feels <laughs> kind of hollow. Right. It, hey, it feels guys, a little schmaltzy. Guys, it's fine. TM. Right, I told you. Shit post your way through the pain. Like that's recommended highly. But yeah. that, uh, that's also the the official definitive hundred percent last time we see the T one thousand right there. Uh, we'll we'll not be seeing Jen Green anymore. And a note, Martin kills it with the score again as we run out this episode. <clears throat> Guys, uh, we got through okay. on the beach. Yeah, we got through on the beach. We are through ER part one. Like, Pretty much, We are yeah. through the, the proper first half of ER. It's all downhill from here, arguably. Sick. Because, okay. I mean, literally because it's this is, to me, this is without a doubt the unparalleled best episode of television i've ever seen in my entire life just the build-up to it the emotional weight of everything the level of the level of agonizing detail they go into with how long they've drawn out mark's whole illness thing it makes sense that this episode that would be would be the way that it is Mm -hmm. and just all the performances and can you i argue can you point me to something that Anthony Edwards has done better than this episode. No. Oh, well, yeah. No, not really. Like, honest <laughs> to God. And... Okay, so I have, I, have, I, have, I have one last question before I keep singing its praises. <clears throat> Lauren. Yep. Does Rachel make the shitty kids list? I'm gonna have to go with no, only because we've watched her trauma, and we've okay. watched, like, we have good cause for why she is the way she is, as opposed mm-hmm. to these kids that just get snapshots mm. of of like you know like we see some of these kids for yeah. five ten minutes and so it's just easy to go yeah they're a piece of shit but um yeah. or god they're annoying and precocious but with rachel it's like yeah i know she was on the shitty kids list earlier this season but um i think she has to have her shitty kids list uh revoked because okay we watch okay. We watch her go through so much, and there is a bit of redemption. Not necessarily with the balloon thing, but just by the end of the episode. And you have the general. benefit of knowing, too, that she comes out the other side of it eventually. Like, she yeah. she does get her shit together and does, like, pull it together by the end. And yeah, you could argue this is her turning point in her life. Right, yeah. I mean, I is think you, I think you could make a, tr- 
a gr- great argument for having uh, Rachel One uh, be on the shitty kids list because that's the only time you ever get to see Rachel One is when she's being precocious and uh, like shitty. Whereas yeah. Rachel Two, at least there's some trauma behind that. Yeah, but yeah, ten out of ten. Hard, yeah, hard ten out of ten. The best episode of the series for me. The best episode of TV I've ever seen in my entire life, and. Not one I will rewatch <laughs> as much as some of the other ones that are up there with on my favorite episodes of all time list, but of TV. But goddamn, every single time I watch it, it the it it doesn't feel any less. It doesn't feel any less emotional. Honestly, as life goes on for me and life. Recently, obviously, I have death in the family. There's some health stuff going on with some closer family members going on that has me not okay. And talking about this today was not okay. I cried a lot, obviously. But, hey, it's just, it feels more poignant than ever to me at this point. Fair. I give it a solid 9.5 out of 10. No reason to not give it a 10, but just... It wasn't absolute perfection for me, so I got to give it as close to. Yeah, I think I'm in the same boat. Like, I, I don't know. I can't put my finger on exactly what I would, how I quantify right. it. But, like, but but still, I think I, I am still solidified in my opinion that Orion in the Sky is the best of the trilogy. This is a close second, and that the letter is, for me, in third place. But, like, again, it's all a relative scale. Like, all three of these episodes are excellent. They are all relatively flawless. Um, and it is just like, it's a, it's a matter of person. It's all subjective. I feel like it's, it's like picking your, you know, favorite original star Wars movie. They're all great. You know, it's just a matter of which one's your personal favorite, like, you know, and how much you like Ewoks. Like it's, uh, you know, which, which, which one is the one that you pick as your favorite. And for me, I pick Orion in the sky as my favorite of the trilogy. Doesn't diminish the other two. Just, you know, personally for me, that's the one that hits the hardest. And that's totally fair. All right. Um, yeah, Lauren and Daniel, what do the listeners have to say about it? Uh, Audrey T says, I have only seen this episode two times, and one of them was when it aired. This remains to be the only episode to make me cry. I think what does it is because it wasn't just Ella and Rachel who lost their dad. ER did. So many people looked up to Mark, colleagues, interns, residents. They came to him for advice, wanted his approval. He was their mentor. That's a dad. And it's so, so sad to see their dad is gone. This is where ER lost a lot of its viewers, and I get it. To be honest, I'm surprised I kept watching. This makes me just want to go watch the pilot. Daniel, do we just want to alternate? Sure. Uh, Brittany L. says, I've been saving most of my Mark feelings for this episode, but I'm still not sure where to start. I have always disliked his use of the phrase, fix Rachel, for various reasons, but I recently started an ER as background noise rewatch, and I realized that in season one, episode six, Chicago Heat, after seeing Mark and Benton uh, treat children, Rachel asked Mark something along the lines of, if I was sick, would you fix me? She was annoyingly precocious in this episode, but that scene got me, and I can understand Mark's perspective as a parent more. As a writer that occasionally toys around with screenwriting, I really appreciate the continuity so many years later. Uh, ER is very sentimental to for me because I have memories of watching random episodes from seasons 1 through 10 as a kid with my mom. I know that my kid brain always thought of Mark as much older than he was, and that's part of the reason I view him as fatherly. But all things considered and being human aside, he was a good dad and took on that role for more than just his biological children. 
I'll try to save some thoughts for his character retrospective, but I will say that as someone that grew up without a father figure, I cry every damn time I watch this episode, especially his final talk with Rachel and the Be Generous with Your Timeline. Uh, it hurts in a bittersweet way. I know it's a TV show and he's not real, but geez truly one of the most beautiful yet hard to watch deaths of television and film during my first rewatch as an adult i did wonder why carol and clooney weren't at the funeral logistically i get it as far as the storyline i like to think it was easier for both to grieve in private because they were all so close at various points and shared a lot of significant moments carol's od uh mark's attack the entire last call episode fathers and sons uh the birth of the twins just to name a few okay those are good points i guess i never really look at the like story reason why they wouldn't be there but um Jeff E. says, oh, wow, what memories I have of watching this episode. I'm not even sure how many times I've watched it, but certainly a lot. If I'm ever in my feels and need a good cry, I queue up this episode from the scene where Mark falls asleep listening to... Oh, Jesus. I'm going to say the cover of Somewhere Over the Rainbow because I don't want to murder this poor gentleman's name. Um, Fun fact about that song, not to like completely derail us fun fact about that song first of all the the guy who covered it has since passed away yeah um but that he recorded that at three in the morning in one take after waking up from a dream where he like heard himself singing it and woke up a like sound engineer and was like meet me at the studio and they met he recorded it in one take and then went back home and went back to sleep it's one of the most beautiful covers ever um but listening to the cover of Somewhere Over the Rainbow through the moment when Rachel releases the balloon. Guaranteed tears. I recall hearing at the time that Anthony Edwards wanted a definitive end to his character, which I can appreciate, and I think his character was made that much more memorable as a result. Sad as it is, I think this was absolutely the right way for Mark to go. The story I have to share about this one is how powerfully emotional it was for both fans and the general viewing public. I was in college at the time and was in a mass media in modern culture class where I chose to write a paper about ER with some, with some specific emphasis on this episode as an example of the emotions TV shows and films can stir in people. I referenced not only my own sadness at Mark's death, but also an incident where my roommate walked in while I was rewatching the episode. She didn't watch ER and didn't know the characters at all, but she happened to walk in during Mark's funeral and was crying just from what she saw, despite not knowing any of the backstory. Really speaks to how po- to the power of how it was shot, along with Martin's music. As you all have said on the podcast, this season is definitely a time of transition for the show, and both The Letter and On the Beach finalize the biggest transition. On one hand, it's wild to think there are still seven seasons to enjoy after this moment, but on the other... That's exactly how ER rolls. Characters and storylines come and go, most leaving marks big and small on us, but life in the ER continues on. At Kayla, this episode, this episode, this is one of my favorite TV send-offs, period. They pulled out all the stops for this one. Mark knows he doesn't have a lot of time left, and the main thing he wants to check off his list of things he wants to do before he dies, I'm not calling it a bucket list because that term didn't exist until the movie, is fix Rachel. He gets to do that and so much more as seen in season 15. Mark's backstory is the most extensive backstory that we get aside from Luca and Carter, and you truly get to understand Mark as a person. Mark has his most meaningful interactions with Rachel. He teaches Rachel about music, teaches her to surf, how to drive. Even when she's distant, even when she steals his meds, he doesn't give up on her. 
even when he's starting to really lose motor function on his right side he doesn't give up even when she pushes back he doesn't give up then there is the monologue mark's monologue about generosity i love this monologue so much that it was my senior yearbook quote i love this monologue so much that i want a tattoo based around this monologue generosity be generous with your time with your love with your life wise words to live by you can't beat that amazing send-off for mark green Okay, I'm sorry. I have to well actually because it's going to drive me nuts. <laughs> Bucket list actually came to popularity in 1999. It grew from the 2007 movie, but people were using it all the way back in 1999. I'm sorry. That was going to drive me nuts. Uh, at C. Penery, I was a sophomore in college when this episode aired, and I remember watching it with my roommates. I bawled like a baby then because I was watching one of my beloved ER characters take his final bow. ER was a Thursday night ritual beginning in my middle school years and continuing well into adulthood. It felt a little like losing a member of the family. Watching this episode now, I still find myself bawling like a baby, but not because it's almost the last time we saw Mark, the last time we see Mark Green. Thanks to DVD and streaming, I can simply go back to the season one and start all over again. Instead, my 40-something self sees this episode through Elizabeth's eyes and what it must be like to watch the person you love going through something that you can't fix, as well as through Mark's eyes and what it would be like to face death and to figure out what you want to accomplish with your time left. Add in, I'm going to have to try, I'm going to try and say it, and y'all can laugh at me. Add in the Israel, comma, I don't, I guys, I'm sorry. I should have prepared. Um, add in the version of Over the Rainbow at the end, and even my non-ER watching husband wept when this episode played during my most recent rewatch. Despite how you feel about him as a character, there is no doubt that Mark Green was one of the most influential and integral parts of the first half of the series. While I personally will always believe seasons one through eight are superior, sorry, Lauren, that's fine. Uh, thanks to his, thanks to this podcast, I'm going to soldier on and give the remaining seasons their due consideration. Thank you. At K Hubsy, my mom requested this version of Somewhere Over the Rainbow for her funeral because of this episode. Great, uh, which aired long before her diagnosis. I remember watching this with her at my grandma's and thinking how surreal the idea of a parent dying that young was. That moment Israel starts singing still wrecks me emotionally. This is a quiet and sweet and such a realistic portrayal of preparing oneself for death. Letting Rachel be a little wild on a trip that was meant for just the two of them and his coy and joyous smile at Rachel's flirtations with a local boy, the realism of saying fuck it and not wanting to do treatment anymore, the proverbial end of the fight with the scorpion, Mark Green throwing himself into the ocean by just letting beach life consume him, fixing Rachel his last speech, which, which made so much sense in line with his character, even better, the high drama of dying set alongside the mundanity of everyone else living their own lives, which will continue to just go on. Phew. And oh my goodness, Aaron, you're like proportionately long response to everybody else. Good job. Uh, last but certainly not least, at the full-time dad says, When I think about On the Beach, one of the first things I think about is the series finale. Watching a mature, inquisitive, and fully formed Rachel stepping foot into the department her father shaped for the better. That moment was made possible by Mark Green not giving up on Rachel even when it seemed like an exercise in futility. There were so many times when you thought he had broken through. The conversation by the river, the moments following Ella's overdose, 
the conversation at Battleship Row, and each time you could see the dismay on his face when Rachel would relapse, most poignantly illustrated as Rachel steals his pills and drinks the booze as abandoned pools, the remedy played in the background. But in Mark's stubborn fashion, he wouldn't quit on his firstborn, and each conversation becoming increasingly urgent as, he's, as he knows his time is almost up. Of course, he got a huge assist from Elizabeth, who finally said the right combination of words to make Rachel realize she was out of time. But ultimately, Mark's persistence paid off. Beautiful final words of wisdom and a daughter's acknowledgement that those history lessons and his persistence weren't in vain. A set of headphones, Rudda Eves, and one of the f final, and God, I can't read, and one final stroll through the ER. And eight years later, we learned that Mark's final wish to save Rachel came true. But for now, we grieve the loss of our beloved Dr. Green and give way to tears as Rachel rises from, raises, God fucking damn it, I'm almost, <laughs> but for now, we grieve the loss of our beloved Dr. Green and give way to tears as Rachel raises a balloon to the sun, drenched, guys, guys, <laughs> punctuation. Uh, but for now, we grieve the lo but for now we grieve the loss of our beloved Dr. Green and give way to tears as Rachel raises a balloon to the sun-drenched sky in his honor, all to a Martin Davich masterpiece. Fuck that episode. Ugh. Ah. Daniel, you can you can leave those fuck ups in because that just shows <laughs> where we're at. My brain is shit posting at this point. But guys, I just want to say, listeners, thank you. Y'all said it great. Like. I know we had to shitpost through the end, but thank you all for contributing to this one. Like, yeah. we knew it was a big one. And I'm going to make it another abbreviated uh, exit because Lauren and I have to go. So we'd like to thank you very much for listening. Uh, we really appreciate it. Uh, one episode left in the season, guys. Yeah, join, one us, left. join us next week for something totally different. Also, yeah, guys. And now for... It's, the exact, exact thing. And now for something completely but, different. guys, I just want to say, we did on the beach. Remember, yeah. this was a twinkle in our eyes. We felt like we were never going to get here. We all fucking made it to on the beach. Thank you all so much. And we made it through on the beach, and we thank you. Go hug your parents if they're, if you're, if you're, if you still have that, if they're still with just you. Just loved ones. Yeah, just loved ones. But parents specifically. Like, I'm going to okay. give my dad the biggest hug now when we see him in just a few minutes. Um, and, yeah, if you want to... Hear more of us, uh, patreon.com slash setting the tone podcast. Get the full season eight, full season eight wrap up. Woo. Yeah. All right. Uh, we'll see you next week for Smallpox. Bye. <laughs>
forgot I have water. Can that just be the bonus thing at the end of the episode, Daniel? 